Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. Today we're continuing a new series that we've been doing of Origins of Faith, and this is part two. Just a slight recap back on Origins of Faith part one from last week. You may have heard, and if you listened to it, that we started to talk about what faith is. We learned that faith is created, and then we saw that faith truly comes from Jesus, that even through and behind the scriptures, Jesus is the real word who authors and creates faith in us, and that the scriptures without Jesus really don't do anything, but he works through them and in them to impact our lives and create faith. So we're continuing upon those points. That's really the crux of all of this in terms of origins of faith, meaning where does faith come from. And here in part two, we're going to start to build upon that even more to really cement the idea. There's so much to cover regarding faith that it's hard to crunch it in just to a couple of episodes here. So we're just going to stick to the points that we've already talked about, continue to build our understanding together as we learn what is faith, how it's created, and how it's used. So going back to the point of faith being created, we know that in the first episode, again, that it came from hearing the truth. Romans 10:17 said, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word of God. More than just physical hearing, but God through his spirit speaking to our inner man, to our heart, and to our mind. And faith is created continually through hearing, which also includes reading and seeing the truth, preaching and teaching, reading your Bible. But also here's another point to add to this that relates, and we'll break it down as well. And the point is this, in terms of faith being created and continuing that thought, that witnessing the mighty and miraculous works of God also creates faith. And the example we use in Scripture is in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 48. And Jesus said this point as a principle. He said, Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And this was a story of a nobleman's son healed. That's what the heading has for us. This was after one miracle, Jesus' first recorded miracle, turning water into wine. Jesus comes back to the same area where this took place. And here was a nobleman whose son was sick and had heard about this man Jesus and what he did at the wedding, turning water into wine, and he believed that this man might have the power to heal his son, who was apparently very sick, maybe even on death's door, as it describes here. So here's this man coming to Jesus with a level of faith because he had heard what Jesus had done. He had heard of a miracle already, and that created a level of faith in him, and that's what our point is here in building on that. But the spiritual principle at work in here is that unless you people see signs and wonders— which also relates to the truth, and I'll explain in a minute. But one thing I want to differentiate here, if you've heard this before, or similar passages from the ministry and life of Jesus that says something like that about signs and wonders and believing, is one thing to note is that this is early in Jesus' ministry. Again, this will be the second recorded miracle, according to the Gospel of John. Now, there are verses for times later in Jesus' ministry and life where he says something like this. But later in Jesus' ministry, he says it as a rebuke, saying that rebuking people for asking for a sign and evidence to confirm who he was and what he was doing. And why it was a rebuke later in Jesus' life is between this story and John that we just turned to, and later on when he gives that rebuke, there's many miracles and works that Jesus performs, miraculously feeding thousands of people, the feeding of the 5,000, there's also Jesus walking on water, healing all sorts of diseases and sicknesses, casting out demons, even raising the dead that was witnessed by many people. So why it's a rebuke later in Jesus' ministry is because the people that were asking, they were either one, asking in disbelief, they were still choosing not to believe and asking for more evidence, even though plenty of evidence had already been shown, 
And two, people were still trying to trap him, trying to get Jesus to say something or do something that would trap him in his words and actions. So Jesus rebuked them later on because it was with evil intent or they were operating in unbelief after much evidence had been given. But in this, in John 4:48, I propose in this episode that this is not a rebuke because here comes this man hearing about Jesus, which created faith in him, enough faith to come ask Jesus to heal his son, a miracle totally different than turning water into wine, yet he believes Jesus could work this type of power to save his son. So I believe that Jesus says it here as a spiritual principle that signs and wonders absolutely have a role to play in creating faith in us. That here it's not a rebuke like later on, because this is at the beginning of the ministry when people were just starting to see these things happen. And it's very important for this, and it doesn't contradict or it's not a second avenue to creating faith. Like in the first episode, again, we talked about hearing and seeing the truth. This builds upon that. These signs and wonders is another way to experience the truth of God. The power of God is to confirm his word that is spoken. A verse you can look up in your time is the last chapter in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. Jesus, right before he leaves the disciples and goes back to heaven, he tells them to go preach the gospel, the good news, to all creation, to all people. And he tells them that for people that believe, these signs will follow them. Miraculous signs and wonders would follow their preaching and their teaching of the truth. And it says right in there that that was God confirming the word that was spoken. God would display powers, many recorded miracles in the book of Acts, that followed or backed up or confirmed the word that was being spoken by the disciples, now the apostles of the gospel, spreading the message of Jesus. So it's another way to hear and see the truth is to see an experience, a situation, an encounter with a miracle. It's just another exposure to the truth that helps create faith as well. So faith still comes from the same source, Jesus, who is the truth. Whether that's through the writings, the teaching, the preaching, or the signs, wonders, and miracles that back up the word that is spoken. So I just wanted to make that connection for us, to know it's not a separate route that faith is created. It's not contradictory from hearing the truth. It's another way to experience the truth, and very necessary, because God said this is his confirmation of the word. Another verse to add to this in this situation is Acts 2.22. And if you want to know, you can continue to read there in John chapter 4 about how the story ends. Jesus does heal the nobleman's son just speaks a word, and when the nobleman goes back home, finds that his son was healed at the very same time, after traveling back home, it took a little bit, at the very same time Jesus spoke that, the son was healed. So the man was rewarded for his faith, and I'm sure no doubt his faith grew after having asked Jesus and Jesus responding with a miracle. Acts 2.22 builds upon this point, and it says this. This is Peter preaching to a group of people. He says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth... A man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. So he's talking to people that had actually physically witnessed the ministry of Jesus and had seen many miracles. And he said these miracles and signs and wonders was God's accreditation of Jesus. Some versions say accreditation, some say approval or approved of. This here in the New King James says attested by God. And it's not just for Jesus. We who are born again in Jesus, and continue his ministry by his spirit, it's these changes of people's lives, the power impacting people's lives, whether it's something emotionally, spiritually, physically, these miracles that follow the preaching of the truth are God's accreditation upon those who follow and continue the ministry of Jesus, just as it was accreditation upon Jesus for what he was doing and what he was saying, because otherwise we would just sound like any other religion if we had no results that followed our words. 
So does building upon the fact that witnessing the mighty and miraculous works of God creates faith in us as well. Now, for the next point, go back to the Gospel of John chapter 10. And this was something new for me and very interesting. I don't think I'd really ever come across this verse before, or even if I did, reading through John and never registered in this type of way. And it's John chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. It's very interesting. And here's what Jesus says. I'll read it, then we'll break it down slightly. John 10, 37 and 38 says this. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. So what I, how I, I wrote it down is Jesus is saying, if you don't believe what I say, believe what I do. And one thing that's necessary and that we're called to as Christians or those who spread the truth is that obviously you practice what you preach. Your actions have to complement and be in line with the truth that you are speaking. But it's just very interesting to me here that Jesus is, is telling them, almost in a way, building off of our facts here that we're getting from the Bible with origins of faith, is that by hearing the truth, faith is created. But Jesus says, even if you don't believe my words and what I'm telling you, look at the works that reflect God the Father. I'm doing everything he sent me to do, performing things that no one else can explain unless God were with him. This is the evidence that I'm showing you. So at least believe the works. Believe the miracles and the wonders and the changed lives and the supernatural things that are happening, even if you don't believe my preaching and teaching. So it continues to build upon that point, how necessary is the hand of God at work in this world, backing up his word. And one point to add with this is, as we've been building all these different layers of what is faith and how it's created, is that when you picture back then, Jesus and the disciples roughly 2,000 years ago, and one, we have more scripture than they do. They didn't have this compiled Bible like we do of all these letters and writings and the gospel of Jesus put with the Old Testament. So we have more scripture than they do. Also, the Bible gives much prophecy, many that have been fulfilled in the past 2,000 years. We've seen 2,000 years more of prophecy and events fulfilled as predicted by the Bible. And also, there's many record of miracles taking place. It doesn't just end with the book of Acts, but you can read many stories of believers and those who preach the gospel all throughout the ages. Even today, many people working to spread the truth around the world. If you're looking for it and you want to find it, there's many examples of God's miracles at work, proof that he's still displaying power to help his followers and his servants. So when I add that all up and I think about it, I think, wow, because sometimes I look at the faith of people in the Bible and go, wow, I wonder if it was like if I had that level of faith. I wonder if that would even be possible for me. But they got it from Scripture. They saw prophecies fulfilled in that created faith. They witnessed miracles. And we have 2,000 more years of all of those things. So that means we have more faith, or at least access or potential for faith that we do. So that's very encouraging for us. As I said in the first episode, that the more access to truth, the more access to faith. I just kind of picture that they, if they could look thousands of years into the future and see us nowadays and see all the things that have um, unfolded and what we have access to, then they might say, wow, what kind of faith did those people have, having so much more resources than we had available? But thankfully, we all have the same Holy Spirit who helps us whatever's needed in our times, but have that be an encouragement to you that if you feel like you're lacking faith, the abundance to have it created, the access to have it created is available right now, and that's why we're discussing this topic. So when you're thinking about this and these origins of faith and these points we're going through, what it is, how it's created, a little bit about how it works, it also brought up the question to my mind, why is it so important? Why is all of this so important? Why is the role of faith so important? So we're going to explain a couple points of that because 
I asked the question, God, do you, did you summarize, at least in one way, why faith is so important? And he does, exactly. So go to the book of Hebrews, if you're turning and following along in your Bible. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And this is the chapter of faith, and it goes through many stories and examples of faith. And we brought up the first few verses in episode, or part 1. But Hebrews 11:6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So even just one note or one summary of why it's so important. Because it says it doesn't matter what you do, how good your intentions are, how close you're trying to follow the Bible, maybe by your own strength or your own measure. But anything that is not done in faith displeases God. If you want to be pleasing to him and to follow his will correctly, Everything must be done in faith. So I can just a little bit see why he gave us so much access to the word, to the scripture, to the miracles that we needed to have faith created, because without it, we can't please him. And even I love how it goes a step further of not just saying we know or believe that he exists, because many people believe that he exists, but then they don't live their lives any further in a direct personal relationship with him that he desires of us. But here's what it says again, for he, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. A one-to-one connection and interaction where God rewards those that seek him, not just believe that he exists, but taking it a step further to actually have connection and interaction with him. So that is one reason why it's so important in order to please God. And building upon that even more, the role of faith and how it impacts us every day, and really we need it every minute, you can turn to the book of Romans, chapter 14, and it's going to be the very last verse in that chapter. So Romans 14, and it is verse 23. And what it says in there at the very end of the verse, that whatever is not from faith is sin, or whatever does not come through faith or is done in faith is sin. So that's even more powerful and serious, adds a lot of gravity to this as well, is that one, we need it to please God. And two, if you're not acting in faith, it's even considered a sin, which you know, you don't even have to get into the variety of sin if you're not doing it according to faith, which comes from the knowledge of the Bible, which comes from witnessing God at work, then it's a sin, which holds me to a very high standard. And honestly, I totally forgot about this verse. I was familiar with it before, but totally forgot about it till I was studying this again and praying over this again about Romans 14, 23, that everything must be done through faith, otherwise it's sin. Words, deeds, actions, thoughts, desires, intentions, everything is encompassed by faith. So really, faith starts today, is for today. We have the access to it, and we're building upon this idea. So I hope that this has expanded your mind in a few ways, opened you up in the spirit to some new truths about faith, and that you begin to operate in it more. And after this, we will have a third and final part to this series, Origins of Faith, where we look into who can have faith, who is it for, the Christian, the non-Christian, what does it look like for each individual? So we will round off this teaching, dive into a few more scriptures, and hopefully give you a little bit more view of origins of faith, how it's used, and what it can look like for you. So as always, I appreciate your time and attention to this again, and I look forward to studying again with you very soon.